All right. Hopefully, the Wi-Fi will hold up throughout this show here. Um, but welcome in again <laughs> to Football Friday here. Um, my good buddy Reed will be along in a second. Uh, we got some FCS playoffs to talk about, some previews. We got the NFL draft. Um coming up tonight in a little under three hours um merry christmas everyone it is draft night i'm excited for the first round tonight uh we also have a bunch of nfl news uh mainly fifth year options uh getting picked up or not as well as draft rumors going on right now so let's get this thing rolling here i'll get the powerpoint going and uh, we'll see when Reed comes in here. So, first off, we have NFL news here. Um, so, the we'll start off with uh, the essentially Heisman of the FCS, the Walter Payton Award. Um, they have announced, the FCS has announced three finalists. So first off is uh, Eastern Washington's Eric Berrier, their quarterback, uh, Sacred Hearts running back Julius Chestnut, and Southeastern Louisiana quarterback Cole Kelly all announced as Walter Payton Award finalists. Um, and that winner will be announced on May 15th. Um, there were 16 total players, uh, getting votes, uh, first through fifth place votes. Uh, in fourth place was VMI's wide receiver, Jacob Harris. Uh, fifth was North Dakota's running back, Otis Weah. Sixth was Alabama A&M running back, Akil Glass. Seventh was Delaware running back, Dejon Lee. Uh, tied for eighth, Monmouth running back, uh, Juwan Fari. And San Diego State, uh, South Dakota State, uh, running back Pierre Strong. Tenth uh, was Samford quarterback Liam Welch. Tied for 11th, James Madison running back Percy Aguiobese. Uh, and Central Arkansas wide receiver Tyler Hudson. 13th, East Tennessee State running back Quay Holmes. 14th, Presbyterian wide receiver Keith Pearson. 15th, uh, Austin P wide receiver D'Angelo Wilson, and then 16th Fordham quarterback Tim DeMoret. So those were the 16 total uh, guys receiving votes for the FCS version of the Heisman. Only a, one other piece of NCAA news here, which <laughs> I don't know. I know a lot of people don't like him, but the NCAA did extend President Mark Emmert 
contract um, that is now running through 2025. So we did have a couple trades this week uh, in between our Monday show and today. Um, obviously, we're doing our Football Friday show on a Thursday because it is draft night. I am wearing my Penguins jersey because the Penguins are playing tonight. So I will be trying to multitask live streaming the draft as well as um, and it's it's loading see that's that's hulu for you um but yeah i will be multitasking watching the penguins game and uh live streaming the draft so first trade here washington football team offensive lineman eric flowers uh and a 2021 seventh round pick they get that from the dolphins um Number 258, number 244, another 2021 seventh goes back to Miami. Just a swap of seventh rounders for Eric Flowers here. As you can see in the picture, he was already a Washington football team player. Um, played with them before, after uh, his stint with the New York Giants, and then um, went to Miami, and now is going back to Washington. So there you go. I think it's a good move, you know, for Washington. They need offensive line help, so uh, good job by them. The second one is probably of uh, bigger notoriety, the Broncos. They traded for quarterback Teddy Bridgewater from the Panthers. The Panthers get back number 191 overall, a 2021 sixth-round pick. I thought it was a little low for Bridgewater's value, um, but it, uh, you know, the Panthers got what they could, I guess, out of this. So good job by them for getting anything out of Teddy Bridgewater. I thought that was, um, as best that they could probably get at this point. Um, so those were the two trades here. Let's get into the other NFL news. Um, so, oh, along, along with, uh, the Eric Flowers trade, uh, he restructured his contract. The Dolphins are paying $6 million signing bonus. Uh, Washington football team will pay a $3 million base salary. So he, he will get 9 million fully guaranteed there. The Teddy Bridgewater deal along with that, the Panthers, um, they pay him $7 million. The Broncos will pay $3 million. Teddy gets $10 million for this year, and he will count $17 million uh, in dead cap money against the Panthers this season. In other quarterback news, the Steelers, they are expected to, uh, to extend uh, quarterback Mason Rudolph. A one-year extension is expected to happen soon. Uh, that will push his contract through 2022. So, is he the successor to Ben Roethlisberger? I don't know. I do think he deserves a shot, considering what he did against the Browns last year in that Week 17 game. I thought he looked really good in that game. A lot better than I had seen him play ever uh, in the NFL. So, we'll have to wait and see for that. 
Couple other re-signings here. The Raiders, they re-signed restricted free agent kicker Daniel Carlson. He will remain their starter in Vegas there. And Antonio Brown, he is back with the Buccaneers. Again, they continue to just keep everyone. So um, Antonio Brown back to the Bucks on a one-year, $3.1 million deal. Good value for the Bucs, uh, getting what they can. The Bucks also uh, made some moves here. They uh, reworked tight end Cameron Brate's deal. That cleared $4.69 million in cap space. Um, the details on that are a $2.425 million signing bonus, $1.075 million base salary with the team option for the last two years of the deal. The uh, A guy that came up today that was a signing had not really been in mentions before uh the seahawks they signed 2016 first round pick at uh, cardinals 2016 first round pick defensive tackle robert kemdichi uh he was last on the dolphins in 2019 but uh yeah i mean it's just a flyer defensive line is a big need for seattle so uh good for them to just try to find something, anything out there that they can to get pressure on the quarterback. Fifth-year options here, the uh, Steelers. Uh, I'll go over the uh, ones that got exercised first, and then uh, there's only one that, that was not picked up here. But um, the Steelers, they exercised uh, safety Minka Fitzpatrick's fifth-year option. Bears doing the same with linebacker Roquan Smith. Uh, Lions picking up center Frank Ragnall's fifth year. Uh, Colts doing the same for guard Quentin Nelson. Saquon Barkley got his picked up by the Giants. Uh, that is $7.217 million fully guaranteed for 2022. And then the Panthers, uh, they picked up DJ Moore's fifth year option. Saints also doing the same with defensive end Marcus Davenport's fifth year. Only one that I saw that did not get picked up to this point, uh, the Bengals and offensive lineman uh, Billy Price. He is not getting a fifth year in Cincinnati in 2022. All right, so some draft rumors here. The Saints, uh, they are expected to make a trade up. Uh, I had it for corner Caleb Farley. Could be for any other corner. There are reports that um, they could possibly trade up into the top 10, possibly. Um, but also, you know, um, I don't know. We, we could see if, if it's for a quarterback. I'm hearing it's not for a quarterback. It's most likely for a wide receiver or a corner. Try to get one of the Alabama boys at, at a wide receiver or – one of the top two corners, Patrick Sertan or J.C. Horn, there for New Orleans. Um, also, the Niners. They have been in the news here. Teams have been calling about uh, quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. He's not expected to be moved at this point. Um, I haven't heard any updates on... Jimmy Garoppolo being moved or not, but he does have a non-trade clause that kicked in last month. So um, we'll have to wait and see on that front if Jimmy G gets dealt here. Uh, 
most likely not today. I would think it would be if he does get dealt, it would probably be tomorrow on day two of the draft. Another quarterback. Major, major story out of Green Bay right now. Uh, teams have called about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, again, like I said, the Niners. Uh, I've heard on Aaron Rodgers' list right now is the Niners, um, Broncos, Raiders, uh, and the likes. But um, Adam Schefter today reported he is unhappy with the Packers. Um, and that he has told some people in the organization that he doesn't want to come back uh, this season. So uh, uh, Ian Rappaport said that it was due to a contract issue that he wants to get an extension, and uh, the extension wasn't to Rodgers' liking. So, you know, who knows about that? I'm not sure that he does get traded. Uh, It would take a lot even with him being in his 30s. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think Reed's coming on here soon, so I'd like to get his thoughts on the Aaron Rodgers deal. Uh, we'll, we'll see uh, if he gets on here soon. But we did have one other last NFL news to go over here. And it involves former Broncos, Jets, Patriots, and Eagles quarterback, Tim Tebow. Uh, So, yeah, Tim Tebow is back in NFL circles. Uh, He apparently worked out with the Jaguars tight end coach. Obviously, he played under Urban Meyer at Florida. Um, And he is now ready to switch to tight end. As he is uh, 33, he's done with baseball. And I guess he wants to give the NFL one more go-around, not at quarterback, but at tight end. So who knows if uh, Tim Tebow will be catching balls from Trevor Lawrence in 2021. Would definitely be something interesting to watch. There's Reed. What's up, man? Yo, what's going on, Rusty? Nothing much. Got through most of the uh, NFL news here. Um, I don't know if you wanted to chime in on anything uh, that was on the script. Uh, some of the, the, the two trades we had. Um, also, yeah, I was actually uh, I was pretty interested to see that uh, uh, Seahawks signed uh, Inkim Dichi. He's actually from uh, the same county where I'm from. Uh, he went to uh, he went to a high school that I was, uh, uh, like a rival high school of one that I was playing at. Um, and he was, I remember I was like in middle school and he was coming out and he's like the number one overall guy in the country, um, when he was a, a high school senior. So, uh, pretty interesting to see. He was a first round pick. Uh, um, I think he was, yeah, it's for the Cardinals. Um, but hasn't really panned out yet, but it's nice to see he's getting another chance. You know, Seattle's kind of been known, um, not really the last couple of years, but before that, you know, for their defense. So hopefully he can, you know, kind of get them get back to where they were uh, back when they won that Super Bowl with Russ. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I said, they 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 need all the defensive line help they can get in Seattle right now. So, um, but and yeah, I got Roquan. <laughs> I uh, like I said, I, I pretty much finished all the NFL news. Um, but let me get your thoughts on uh, 
Aaron Rodgers. The the pending situation in Green Bay. He right? wants it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I love the guy. Uh, I think he's you know one of the most talented. Uh, it's just skill wise, arm strength wise, guys we've ever seen in the league. Um, and he's. But when you think of Aaron Rodgers, I mean, you think of Green Bay. So it's it would be really hard to see him playing somewhere else. I kind of think, you know, it's, I don't think the front office has treated him with, you know, the respect that he deserves um, based on what he's done for the franchise. Um, but I could kind of see this being like a Tom Brady situation where he just goes to a place that has literally everything except for the quarterback. Yep. Uh, turned out pretty well for Brady this year. Uh, <laughs> I was talking with my roommate about this today, and he first team that came to mind was the Saints for him. Um that I got a huge hole to fill with Drew Brees being gone. And that would obviously be a scary team with Rodgers and uh, Sean Payton matched up together. And that would also be a very scary division, especially if the Falcons go and get pits. And then there's just all kinds of offensive weaponry going on in, in the, that division. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think, uh, for one, I think the the Packers wouldn't want to trade him in division. I know he wants to go back home. He wants to go to the Niners. Uh, that's one of his teams. He also said possibly, really? possibly the Broncos or the Raiders as well. Um, so, yeah. You know. Yeah, the Raiders would be interesting because I actually really like Derek Carr. I think he doesn't get enough credit for for, for what he does. Um, so that would be interesting to see how that works because I think I think Gruden really likes Carr too. So yeah, um, that would be that would be crazy if they moved off a of Carr. But I mean, Aaron Rodgers is. I think he's just one of the he's a once in a generation type player. So I mean, if you had the opportunity to land him, you'd probably have to do whatever it takes. Yeah, he immediately well, makes you at least a conference championship contender, if not a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, one thing I did see today, just within the last like fifteen minutes, a tweet that said no Packers quarterback has ever played seventeen seasons with the Packers. Brett Favre. Jeez. Bart, say, what, what about Favre? How many was he there for? Bart Starr, Brett Favre, and Aaron Rodgers have all played 16. And this would be wow, Rodgers' 17th. 16? This would be Rodgers' 17th year if he played in 2021. It does not feel to me like Rodgers has been here for 16 years. That's wild. Yep. <laughs> oh, five drafts. And to, and to think he, he fell to like 24, right? He was supposed to be like a top three guy and he fell to 24? Yeah. Something crazy like that? Um, and uh, yeah, I was also I was also pretty interested with the the Cameron Bright deal. I mean, mm-hmm. that team is so loaded with tight ends with Gronk and him and OJ Howard. They just, I mean, the the weapons on that team are disgusting. It, it is it's just a wealth of riches in terms of offense on the Bucks. Yeah. Also, getting back Antonio Brown this week. Um, Brady's the only quarterback he'll play with. He Antonio Brown's turning into turning into Gronk. He'll only play with Brady now. He just falls so. around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's funny. I mean, you got to think that some some teams were at least, you know, trying to find a way to, you know, maybe get over his off-the-field situation because he's obviously an incredibly talented receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he, he has enough money by now, he probably just wants to try to get a couple of rings with the GOAT. Yeah, and uh, the last thing on the NFL news there <laughs> – Tim Tebow uh, is back in, you know, NFL circles and uh, apparently going to play tight end if the Jags are going to sign him. And uh, he did work out for the Jags. Really? Yeah, he worked out for the uh, the Jags tight end coach this week. 
uh, obviously played under Urban Meyer at Florida. So, uh, right. I don't know. He's 33. <laughs> yeah, I had heard that. Well, he must, he must really believe in Trevor then. Yeah. He's not still doing the whole baseball thing, is he? No, no, he's done with baseball. So, that's, yeah. That's a, I don't know. That's a heck of a professional life he's had thus far. Yeah. He's made so much money, though. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> so much money. So much. All right. Uh, so that's all the news. Literally, it's shortest show ever uh, because I got through pretty much everything else. So, um, yeah. Let's go to the FCS previews here. Yeah, I got a question. What do, you, what do you think about... Oh, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I was just wondering, what do you think about this whole thing with uh, the Broncos getting Teddy? So, I mean, do you think the, the Panthers are going to go ahead and try to get a quarterback, or do you think they're going to stick with Darnold? And do you think the Broncos think Teddy's the guy? Yeah, it's definitely an intriguing situation in Carolina uh, because I read off all the fifth-year options that got picked up uh, that I had heard about anyways so far, and... Sam Darnold's not one of them. The Panthers haven't picked his fifth-year option up yet. Um, wow. So, deadline's Monday, right? Yeah, I, I don't remember when the deadline is for that. Um, I think I was reading where they got to decide on those things by Monday. So yeah, I guess they'll see after the draft how the draft turned out. Yeah, I think, you know, if, they're, if one of the quarterbacks is there at eight and they like them, then I think they would do it. Because, you know, even if Sam turns out to be, you know, really good with them, they can always trade one of the one of the two. Um, right. So that's that's what I would do anyways. So uh, getting into uh, the FCS preview here. So this is the only non-playoff game that is happening uh, this weekend, but we this is the only game on Saturday, actually, too. All the FCS playoff games are on Sunday this week. But uh, the SWAC championship game going on, Southwestern Athletic Conference, number 24, Arkansas Pine Bluff, against Alabama A&M. Both teams undefeated here. A&M, I'm surprised A&M is actually uh, favored. Just because Pine Bluff, for one, is ranked, and uh, I don't know. I, I thought yeah. that Pine Bluff would be uh, favored. This one is at a neutral site game. Uh, it's at Mississippi Veterans Memorial Stadium. That's where uh, Jackson State plays. So mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, I'm looking at, a, looking at a thing right here. They've got um, Alabama A&M winning. By seven over Pine Bluff, so the underdogs. Well, I guess they are. You said they are favored, but the the team that's not ranked is getting a lot of love. Um, so that'll be, you know, very very interesting to watch. See how that turns out. Yeah, this should be high flying, uh, very high scoring affair here, because of what the quarterbacks can do. Uh, yep. The running games, the leading rushers for each teams are not that great. I mean, I know it's four games, but still, leading rusher for Arkansas Pine Bluff. 168 yards off 53 carries and uh, 52 carries for 213 yards for the leading 
uh, rusher on A&M. But the quarterbacks, however, they've been pretty good. 1,005 yards, 12 touchdowns, 3 picks for uh, Arkansas. Pine Bluffs quarterback Skylar Perry, Alabama A&M's Akil Glass. Um, he has... 1,084 yards, 13 touchdowns, and three interceptions. So, I do think it'll yeah, be a pretty, close game. Pretty solid touchdown to interception ratios, both those guys. Yeah, I, I do think it'll be a close game. And I don't know. Actually, I'm kind of switching. Just looking at the four games that each played. I think A&M has played the better teams and beat the better teams. They beat South Carolina State um, as well as Jackson State. So uh, I'm actually going to go with Alabama A&M instead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think I'm sticking with A&M as well. Um, I think it's a pretty dynamic passing attack that they got going on. So um, I'd pick them to cover. Oh, maybe a push. I could see a three-point win. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, their quarterback, actually, um, Akil Glass, was uh, ended up sixth in the Walter Payton Award uh, voting uh, yep. the Heisman for the FCS. So. Got a first-place vote. Yeah. All right. Uh, the over-under for that one is 61. Like I said, it's high scoring. I wouldn't be surprised if it goes over. And uh, this one is 3 p.m. ESPN 2. All right, now the fun part. FCS playoffs. Here we go. We're into the quarterfinals. Number six, North Dakota State, favored on the road by three points at number two seed, Sam Houston State. Again, I was this. I was surprised who the favorite was. Uh, I know they're North Dakota State. I know <laughs> they're a million times champions in the FCS, but this is not the old North Dakota State teams. Uh, Sam Houston State is the real deal this year, and um, that's why I picked the Bearcats in this one. Yeah, I mean, you don't you don't normally see two losses on the record for North Dakota State. Uh, they, I think I'm reading right here, they're 37-2 all-time in FCS playoffs. So um, it's a team that's not used to losing. So two losses in one year, that shows you they're definitely not the team that they usually are. Yeah. Uh, I just think, um, you know, a couple things I have for Sam Houston's case here. Their head coach, Casey Keller, he's 28-0 in home playoff games. Uh, between his time at Sam Houston State and when he coached at Delaware as well. So he's never lost home playoff game. I don't expect him to lose again. Uh, I don't expect him to lose this one either. And also, what I think makes the biggest difference in this game is Sam Houston State's defense. Uh, They've only allowed five of the last 19 opponents to run for 100 yards. And uh, this spring season in their seven games, they're only allowing... uh, 58.9 rushing yards per game, which is the biggest obstacle to stopping North Dakota State, as we saw last week, because last week North Dakota State just ran wild um, on 
on Eastern Washington. That's really the reason they won with Dominic Ganella. Uh, Hunter Luke, he didn't have a great day, but Ganella and uh, Jalen Bussey there, those two freshmen combined with Hunter Luke. And quarterback Cam Miller can run as well. So I said it last week when they played Eastern Washington, you have to stop the run because Cam Miller is not advanced enough right now in his freshman year to throw the ball and beat you. So, Yeah, certainly, certainly not putting up Trey Lance numbers quite yet. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, well, they finally listened to me, though, last week when they started Cam Miller over Zeb Noland. I was saying that since, <laughs> since, like, week two of the spring season. They finally listened in the first round of the playoffs. Well, let's do a big 42-20 win. <laughs> See if keep, that, keep that rolling. Yeah, so I had the Bearcats plus 125. That is the first leg of my parlay. I picked all four games in my parlay, so... Uh, we'll have a slide at the end to see what my FCS parlay is of the week. Uh, Over-under is 47 and a half. Now, that's tough. That's right there, I think. <laughs> um, yeah. But I'm going to go under. I think both teams score just in the in the low 20s. Yeah, I like the under, too, especially um, with the run defense for Sam Hayes' that you're talking about. Um, I like the under. But uh, maybe I'm just going to show a little bit of recency bias, and uh, I'll take North Dakota State outright. I don't know about cover, but I'll take them outright. All right. I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. I'm on Sam Houston. I'm on the Bearcat train outright money line. Um, this one is 3 p.m. on ESPN on Sunday. Next game here, number five, Delaware. The Blue Hens at number four seed, Jacksonville State. The Gamecocks getting three and a half here. Um, I am not taking money line on this. Uh, I have Delaware plus three and a half. Do think the Hens can win if, if you know, but I do think it's going to be close enough that if they do lose, they can cover three and a half. Yeah, I mean, I hate three, three-and-a-half point spreads. I mean, field goals at the end of the game is what could make or break your pick. Um, seeing right here, um, what was I seeing? oh, yeah, Gamecocks coming off a 35-point win last round. Um, <laughs> that's pretty ridiculous for a playoff game. Um, but they played so I'm going to have to go with – They played Holy Cross yeah, – or Davidson, come on. Davidson, yeah. <laughs> I got a uh, I got a buddy that that was a kicker at Davidson, so I got to show him a little bit of love. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think I like, I think I like the Gamecocks in this one. Yeah, especially I mean, when we're getting into some games that are not neutral site. So, got to put a little bit of home field advantage into it as well. Yeah, I I mean this one was probably the toughest game for me to pick. Um. But for this one, Delaware leads the FCS in points against per game. They're only letting up 11.3 points per game this spring season. And to go along with that, they've only let their opponents get into the red zone 13 times in their six games, Um, which is kind of crazy. The uh, 
Hens defense here, they're allowing 50% completion and 111.3 pass yards per game. Uh, so that's why I like the Hens plus 3.5. Defense, 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 kind of the theme here for me in the first two games. The one thing I will say for Jacksonville State, you, you were right on the home field. Uh, Jacksonville State, they're 39-6 uh, at home. Um under their current head coach, John Grass. So. Yeah, pretty solid home record right there. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I wouldn't be surprised Jacksonville State wins. Uh, I just think it's going to be close enough. You also got to consider, you know, 12 games versus six. Um, this is kind of a little bit of what we saw with uh, Division One Ohio State. Um, not saying that's the reason they lost to Alabama, but you kind of get the feeling that, uh, when you play 12 games versus when you play six, uh, maybe you're more fresh when you play six games, but you, when you, when you play 12, um, you're just kind of developing experience in season. Um, and so I think it's, I think it's more beneficial in terms of the experience versus the freshness to play more games, uh, as opposed to playing less. Yeah. Well, four of those were in the fall. Um, they went three and one in the fall, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, they went three and one in the fall there. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, the over under for this one is low. The lowest one of the weekend, forty one and a half. Now, Delaware played a nineteen ten game against Sacred Heart last week. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I'm probably not touching that but yeah i mean i i kind of like the uh under i mean basketball state has a solid rushing offense um but again delaware in their six games only 11.3 points per game allowed so um that bodes well for the under i agree uh this one is 3 p.m espn three Next game here, number seven, North Dakota at number three seed, James Madison. I have JMU money line in this one. This was another very tough game to pick. I was thinking about going North Dakota, uh, but I think Harrisonburg is too hard of a stadium to play in uh, where JMU plays, so that's why I'm going with the Dukes. Yeah, I mean, James Madison is, you know, when you think about uh, FCS domination, you think about, obviously, North Dakota State, but he, James Madison always is always right there with him. Um, and, yeah, I would I'm go, I would go with James Madison to not only win, but to cover this game. First in total defense and second against the run. You know, obviously, having a good run defense is always key um, late in the season. So, I got JMU here, minus two and a half. Yeah, that, that run defense is one of my bullet points for this game and uh they've only allowed a hundred yard rusher 100 yards rushing uh in three of their last 22 games since 2018. they've also won 10 straight home playoff games like i said very tough to play in harrisonburg uh virginia there north dakota however uh they have held the time of possession advantage in every game except their lone loss to North Dakota State this year. 
That is why James Madison will need to lean on their running backs. Um, Percy Agee, Obese there. And I don't know why I'm blanking on the other guy. He ran for a 99-yard touchdown. Uh, Juwan, Juwan Hamilton. Juwan Hamilton, yeah. It literally came to me right when you were saying it. Yeah, 99-yard touchdown <laughs> to open the scoring last week, uh, which was actually the longest touchdown in FCS playoff history. So, And then the last point yeah, I, I already have. Get much farther. Yeah, the last point I have for this one is James Madison's kicker, Ethan Racky. He has a career 84% field goal percentage. So um, if it does come down to it, they will cover with a field goal by Ethan Radke. Yeah, well, I mean, Vegas always knows. So uh, <laughs> sounds like they're going to be hitting a field goal as time expires to cover. Yeah. The uh, over-under for this one is 52 and a half. A little bit bigger there. Um, it, I think it just depends on how this game goes. Yeah, I mean, we're just talking about how good of a defense James Madison has. Um, but that's a not a crazy high. You know, we've seen a 61 over-under um, in the slate. So this is not crazy high, but it's still pretty high. So, uh, you know, maybe they're banking on a lot of points from James Madison. Or uh, maybe a thing in James Madison's defense falters a little bit. Yeah, because uh, James Madison's game against VMI last week went to 55 points, 31-24. North Dakota's game against uh, Missouri State, 44-10, 54 points. So, I'm, I'm going to go over, just barely. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. I got the over and James Madison uh, to win outright and cover. Alrighty, that one is 6 p.m. ESPN 2 on Sunday. Last quarterfinal game here, number 14, Southern Illinois, heading to face number one seed, South Dakota State. The Jackrabbits are a 15-and-a-half-point favorite. I was shocked by this. Crazy. Crazy. I, I mean, I... I mean, look, in the playoffs, anything can happen. I, I, I hate... I, I, like, I like Southern Illinois to cover... Um, I, I hate high. Uh, like I hate I, I hate when it's a, a large spread like that. I mean, you look at uh, March Madness this year, UCLA versus Gonzaga, and that was like a fourteen point, um, fourteen point spread. Uh, Gonzaga was favored, obviously, and it came down to a, a buzzer beater three, just for yeah. Gonzaga to win. Forget <laughs> covering. Um, so I hate I hate large spreads when when games really matter in the playoffs like this. So. Um, I, I know we're a little early on this, but I got Southern Illinois covering. Yeah, I didn't touch the spread, but I think where odds makers were going with this is they went back to the game they played against each other already this year. Yeah, blowout. South Dakota State absolutely annihilated Southern Illinois on the Saluki's home field, forty-four to three. And yeah, I'm gonna. I'm going to dive in the psychology of it a little bit, thinking uh, South Dakota State might have it easily again, um, and Southern Illinois might show up with a chip on their shoulders and and uh, surprise the world. Yeah. I, I do like the Jacks in this one. 
Um, oh, definitely. But uh, I took the under on this one as part of my parlay. Under 54 and a half. Because uh, South Dakota State, they're averaging 29 points per game in, in their last two games. Southern Illinois has been part of two um, shootouts the last two games. They were averaging 44 and a half the last two. So that doesn't bode well for the under. <laughs> but overall this season, South Dakota State is only allowing 14 points per game. They also, uh, they both uh, do have solid running games. But Southern Illinois is allowing 201 yards rushing per game and 5 yards per carry. Which bodes very well for the South Dakota State team, who has a, rush, a running quarterback to go with Pierre Strong um, and Isaiah Davis as well. So, But I still like the under. I don't think it's going to be high scoring. I don't think they're going to go you know, in a shootout. Yeah, I mean, last time they played, um, the total was 47, so the under would have hit then. Um, I think it'll not be a 41-point game this time around. Um, but I like the under as well. And then, you know, obviously South Dakota State to win. Um, but I guess Southern Illinois covering. Yeah. yeah. And I also went with the under just based off South Dakota State's game against Holy Cross. It was only 34 total, 31-3, to so. Late one here, 9 p.m. ESPN2. I'm just happy that these games are finally on national TV and I don't have to watch them <laughs> on the dang ESPN app. So <laughs> I hear you. All right, so to recap, my parlay for this weekend of FCS, I've still never hit one this year. I, I've been close. <laughs> I've been close uh, three or four different times throughout the season. I've, I've missed by one last week. Um, I got killed by Eastern Washington. I had them plus seven. I thought they were going to do it. They got 35 unanswered against them and lost by 22. But uh, this week, Sam Houston State money line, that's plus 125. James Madison money line, minus 140. Delaware, plus three and a half against Jacksonville State, that is minus 110. Also minus 110, South Dakota State, Southern Illinois, under... 54 and a half. So, that is 10 to win almost 100. 10 to win 100. Yeah. Let's pray. Let's pray. That's solid. I actually, uh, I've been, for the most part, I like to, you know, make picks, um, but I've been mostly staying away um, from actually sports betting. Uh, my, my roommate's big into it, and I don't think he's ever won money, um, and I don't <laughs> like to lose money. So, for the most part, I've been, I've been, I've, I've been staying away from it. I've had a few experiences where I, was like, oh, I think this is absolutely a lock. Um, I'll throw some money on it, and then of course it doesn't hit. So, yeah, for the most part, I've had some bad experiences with it. Um, but I do like to at least try to make the picks to see <laughs> if I would have been right. That's why they call it gambling, my friend. <laughs> it's brutal. Right. So that is the show. That is our pre-draft show. Uh, you know, we're almost two hours now from draft. Uh, we'll be back at 8 o'clock tonight for our draft coverage. Hopefully the Wi-Fi on the Hulu 
uh, holds up and it doesn't keep going out like it has been. Uh, hopefully my Wi-Fi on my computer holds up. Uh, but yeah, next week we will be back on Friday for Football Friday and not on Thursday like this week. But next Friday we will have FCS playoff game previews. That will be the semifinal game previews. There will be four teams left. Also, we will be starting our draft review series, and we will be going in reverse order of uh, the first round. So we'll start with the NFC South next Friday. All righty. Thank you, Reed, for coming on. I appreciate it. Uh, as always, don't forget to follow us here on YouTube as well as our Facebook page at FAA Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and then check out our website, FAAPodcast.com. We're also on Spotify as well. All right, Reed, I will see you later, man. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. It was a blast. No problem.